Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 38. Uh, this week we're studying Isaiah chapters 13 and 14, 24 through 30 and 35. This is part two of our five-part series on Isaiah and the Come Follow Me manual that um, Isaiah is divided into five different sections. So last week we talked about how Isaiah can be intimidating, but it's also full of wisdom and inspiration and promises uh, from the Lord to the house of Israel which are not only the ancient house of Israel, but modern house of Israel, us as uh, current members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, um, and like I've encouraged before, try to kind of get rid of your um, previous thoughts about Isaiah. If you've had negative thoughts, maybe you're someone who's loved Isaiah all along, and that's awesome. But a lot of people think Isaiah is just, just too hard and they don't want to read it. I really encourage you to dig in and, and find those kind of gems that are going to help improve your life. So let's look at these chapters and we'll look for truths that we can find that can increase and improve our mental and emotional health. So I found three this week. The first one that I found is in Isaiah 28 verses 9 and 10. And it says, whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Now this uh, concept is found throughout scripture, and it's basically the idea that good things take time and often happen slowly. Sometimes we get impatient and we want all good things to happen right away. Uh, we cite things like the miracle of Alma the Younger, when he had his three days of kind of his personal hell and then he came out of that and he was amazing and everyone says well that's great I'd, I'd rather take the three days of hell and then not have to work the rest of my life but it doesn't work that way uh, those events even though they are remarkable in and of themselves they are insufficient and what people don't realize about alma's story is it was insufficient for him as well later in life when he's talking to his son helaman he says that since the time that he had that miraculous experience with the angel, he says he had labored without ceasing to keep the commandments and to improve himself. So even Alma the Younger's change didn't happen immediately. I don't think any change happens immediately. We can have these kind of tentpole experiences that, uh, that really boost our testimony, but the reason that those have value later in life is that we continue to do the small and simple things. We continue to learn line upon line and precept upon precept. Uh, changes to our mental and emotional health, especially patterns that we've had for a long time, are going to take a long time to heal. And what I usually recommend to people is that they not try to make large changes all at once. Uh, that can become overwhelming very quickly. It becomes demoralizing, and then we abandon the process. What we need to do is just find small things to do every day to move forward. And if we do those consistently, then that's going to help promote change. Okay, concept number two, I found in Isaiah chapter 29, verses seven and eight. And it says, and the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel 
even all that fight against her and her munition and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall be even as when a hungry man dreameth and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth and he behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh and behold, his, he is faint and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. So this is this, uh, Isaiah is saying, it's like if you are dreaming, if you're hungry and you dream that you eat, or if you're thirsty and you dream that you drink something, um, it might be satisfying in the dream, but then you wake up and you're still hungry and you're still thirsty. This scripture to me is a reminder that we need to fill our lives with those things that are going to satisfy us. And I don't mean satisfy us temporarily, like just make us immediately happy or contented, but things that have long-term satisfaction. Uh, for me, in as far as eating goes, it's like the difference between eating 500 calories of M&Ms or 500 calories of fruit. Uh, if I eat 500 calories of M&Ms, it will be delicious and I'll be satisfied for a moment, but within a couple hours, I'm going to be hungry again and my body's not going to get that much nutrition. But if I eat 500 calories of fruit, I'll probably go the whole day without needing much more to eat. The fruit is a lot more filling. Um, and life is full of choices like that as well. We need to spend our time, which is limited, in things that we will that we can use to build our lives and to help us move forward. We need to choose activities that build our spiritual foundations and help us move towards a greater future. Um, time is a commodity just like anything else. We have limited amounts of it, and we need to be actively uh, intentional about how we choose to use our time. Okay, my last thought is uh, basically the entire chapter of Isaiah 35. Uh, and to me, it's just a, an amazing message of hope. I think we need hope now more than ever. Uh, maybe every generation has thought that, but it seems like the world is careening towards more anger and more division. And we need something to look forward to, uh, that it's not always going to be like this. So let's look at verses 1, 5, I'm sorry, 1, 4, 5, 7, and 10 in Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Say unto them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the parched ground shall become like a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of dragons where shall lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. To me, the point of this is that things are going to get better. Because of the Savior and because of his sacrifice, there really are no terrible outcomes if we choose to rely on him. And I'm not sure if there are any terrible outcomes totally. I mean, we have the three degrees of glory. Even the lowest degree is a degree of glory and is going to be happy for those who live there. Um, I work with so many people in my mental health practice who have lost hope. And they've lost hope to the point where they have stopped trying. They just stop acting. And that simply guarantees inaction and lack of progress, which increases despair and decreases their hope. We have to remember that regardless of our circumstance, the Savior has power to heal us and power to redeem us. Elder Holland taught, it is not possible for you to sink lower than the infinite light of Christ's atonement shines. And that's absolutely true. 
we always have to do our part. And this can be easier if we remember that there is hope. Um, we just need to do what we need, what we can every day to move forward. Don't stop acting, don't stop behaving, but do what you can and ask the Savior for his help. So before I get to this week's invitation, just a general reminder about the weekly invitations. Um, and I say this every week, don't do all of them. It can get overwhelming to implement all of them all at once. It's just too much. So do what you can. Uh, do something. I invite you to act every single week. Do something. But consider which uh, of these invitations week to week is going to be best are going to be best for you. So here's this week's invitation. I want you to search the scriptures and find five scriptures that have to do with hope for the future. Then I want you to write down how those scriptures and concepts can help you navigate a personal trial in your life. Pretty simple. Find five scriptures about hope, write down how they can help you. I do have free worksheets you can download to help you remember and implement this week's and former week's invitations to find out how to get these. Please sign up for my email newsletter. You can find the link for this in the show notes. And also, if you like this podcast, please subscribe so you can easily access new episodes each week. And I would love it if you would share this with other people. There's a lot of people out there who need help, and, um, and I would love to help them. I also have a free anxiety management mini course that I've developed and would love to get you a copy. In it, you will learn tried and true methods to decrease fear and increase peace. So go to the show notes and click the link for more information. And as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com. Thank you.